Welcome to the Daily Flow. So what is Kanban? Originally, it meant undone lantern, a visual signal to let you know what was going on. A lot of people now are using Kanban and knowledge work to visualize what's going on, where's the work, where's the value, and so on. In 2020, we released a Kanban Guide. So Kanban Guide was an attempt to come up with a new simplified explanation for what Kanban is. It's attempting to not lack support for the various flow Kanban approaches out there. If you're looking for one sentence about what Kanban is, it's a strategy for optimizing the flow of value through a process that uses a visual pull-based system. So what does pull-based system mean? It essentially means that people are not putting work into your system after the clock has started. So we have the concept of cycle time and Kanban and the clock starts and the clock finishes. On your workflow, you've got a started point and a finish point. And so if somebody's essentially putting work into your system, forcing the clock to start, that's a push system. A pull system would be where you bring work in into your flow into the first active state in your flow and when you've when you're ready to bring it in so that's a pull based system and agile and nappies really for leaders is stop push allow teams to pull let them bring work in when they've got the capacity to do so and what is what even does capacity mean spent a whole episode on that so check out that episode so Kanban is a strategy for optimizing the flow value to a process that uses a visual pull-based system. So what else is in there in Kanban? We've got some practices, three practices. And the first practice is to define and visualize a workflow. Your workflow might have a number of columns on it. For example, there might be backlog or options or something like that. And you might have a number of in-progress states. You might also have some kind of state where you've told the customer you're going to start, but you haven't actually started it yet. So it might be backlog, then maybe committed but not started, maybe a variety of in-progress columns. And essentially, there might be some kind of shipped column, and then there might even be some column to get some feedback. What the Kanban system members do is they define their workflow. They, they basically define their Kanban board. What are the columns? What are the states that the work goes through? They define their started point and their finished point. They can have more than one started point, more than one finished point, but they need to have a minimum of one. And they put some policies in place to show how work in progress will be controlled, how we avoid the system getting overloaded. So you might have work in progress limits on individual columns, or you might have a work in progress limit across the entire board. There's a variety of ways that you can limit work in progress and 
Kanban guide doesn't prescribe how you actually do that. You also need to have a service level expectation. And when the Kanban system members get together initially, they might not know how long it takes to get work through the system. So they might guess. They might say 85% chance we'll finish in 20 days or less. It's just a guess. And then as the data comes through, they might realize actually 85% of the time they deliver in 16 days or less. And so then they can use the, the statistics and they can continue to modify their service level expectation for the work that goes through the board. I also did an episode on having separate service level expectations on different work item types. If you decide to use work item types, they're optional in Kanban guide. So the first practice is defining and visualizing your workflow, which includes your service level expectation. There might be also some poli other policies, like how do we decide when we start work, which, which work we bring in from, say, a backlog or options column. And if you've got a number of work items in progress, how do the Kanban system members decide which one they should be focusing on today, known as a pull policy or move policy. So we're not really that explicit in Kanban guide about, about those, but they'd be typical policies that you might have and lots of other policies as well that we can go into maybe in another episode. The second practice is to actively manage the items in, in a workflow. So once the items are in progress, just try and finish them. So you can use all sorts of fancy techniques for deciding which items you should start but in terms of which items we should focus on today, well, once you've started, you should just finish. So stop starting, start finishing is the mantra. But it's not always about finishing. You need to also actively manage work item aging. You need to focus on any items that might be blocked. You need to be making sure that you're visualizing items as blocked when they are blocked. So some teams actually make a little bit of a mistake there where they're slow to mark items as blocked and then they don't get the attention that maybe they deserve and the aging goes up. And also you need to consider starvation, that we need to avoid the system being starved because if you have a number of in-progress columns and if it's a sequential process that you have, it might take a number of days to recover from the starvation because a number of the states in, in, in progress have been starved and then you're going to deprive your customers of throughput. And uh, of course, we do care about throughput, but we also care about value. We want to find out as soon as possible that whatever we're delivering, is it really valuable? So that's really crucial. So the third practice is improving a workflow. So when you're looking at your workflow, maybe you might do a retrospective. We don't prescribe that, but good teams would do retrospectives, in my opinion. And you might do a data-based, data-informed retrospective where you look at what's going on. Are we using all the columns? Are we honoring, respecting our policies? Do we need to tweak some of our policies? Do we need to tweak our uh, work in progress limits? Are there problems going on outside of our system? Do we need some additional policies for dealing with dependencies and so on? Do we need a practice that's using Tameflow, for example? Do we need full kitting where we line up all our docs before we start? Again, they're, they're optional in Kanban guide, but these are things that you consider. A good team, good Kanban system members would periodically review the Kanban board and see, does it need to be changed? Does the SLE need to be changed? Does the policies need to be tweaked and so on? There are four measures, also known as metrics in Kanban guide. One of them is work in progress. How many items do we have in progress? 
the work between the started point and the finished point. We made it clearer in the December release that the started point, it tends to be a border between one column and another, and the finished point equally a border between one column and another because people got confused when we said before when we used the language start point, it was kind of confusing that it wasn't at the border, so we just made that really clear. The throughput is the quantity of work items uh, that are delivered in a time period. The work item age, an often underappreciated measure, but really, really valuable. Like what I say to the teams that I deal with, if there's one thing that you look at every day, look at work item aging. Because if you sort that out, then the follow-up measure of cycle time, how long do take, items take to get to, to whatever your finished point is. There's a knock-on effect from work item age to cycle time. There's a knock-on effect from cycle time to throughput. There's a knock-on effect from work in progress also to work item age and cycle time and then uh, throughput. So it's good to have four different lenses on these. These are the minimum measures. A lot of flow approaches that we really try not to lack support for, like flow system they and Tameflow, they, they use flow efficiency and we don't have any issues with that. In fact, we mentioned that as one of the options that you could consider, but we just don't have those as mandatory in Kanban guide. So four measures, they're the minimum and you can add more if you want to. In terms of what is Kanban guide aimed at, it's aimed at knowledge work right across the organization. And maybe I should have started there, you know, why Kanban guide? I, I got fed up of looking at boards with blocked columns. I did an episode on that, should you have a blocked column on your Kanban board? There's lots of support for tech teams. Agility kind of started in tech. A lot of people, a lot of teams are not in tech. They're not in software. So Kanban guide is aimed at knowledge work regardless of what you're in, whether it's marketing, sales, legal, HR, R&D, and so on. It's really for the entire organization. It's a really core, simple, minimal set of guidelines, if you like, in terms of what Kanban really means. Kanban guide um, strives to be the core of Kanban. If you could start really simple in your organization using Kanban guide and you discovered later on that maybe there's some physical constraints, so you might need Tameflow, or maybe you're work working with McCurson's team and you want, you want to go with Flow System, or you maybe you want to look at Flow Consortium. Different pockets of your organization could be using different types of Kanban or Flow approaches, but they can all align on a minimal definition of what Kanban is. That's the idea behind Kanban guide. And by sticking to that core, it means that people can, in a sense, do their own thing, but we don't lose the plot. There's a certain minimum that we stick to, and it's like we, we stick to a central ethos in Kanban. Some of the things that I need to be explicit about that are optional, so it, you can use different names for cycle times. There are various complementary approaches, like right-sizing, for example. It's not mandatory, but it's good practice. I recommend it for most of the teams I work with. So when you're looking at an item, we talked earlier on about having a service level expectation of 16 days or less. But does that mean that something that's the size of an elephant can be done in 16 days or less? And of course, the answer is probably no. And so what we tend to do is we say, well, when we pick up another item, we say, does this feel like it fits within a normal service level expectation. And if it doesn't, you might need to break it down. So that's essentially right sizing. You don't have to have a backlog. 
you don't we don't prescribe any events we don't even prescribe a daily meeting although any decent set of kanban system members would probably have a daily review of flow there are no rules specified although complexity does have a couple but basic kanban guide doesn't you can use additional measures i mentioned flow efficiency earlier on we don't actually specify that you start with what you do now because maybe where you are now isn't just evolving a little bit from that might not be enough. You might need to do something a bit more drastic. There's a concept of a funnel, almost like a backlog for a backlog. That's optional in Kanban guide. We don't have any value, values or principles. And I kind of make a joke about this. We know values, no principles, no ethics. And of course, we do have ethics. We actually have a code of conduct and all that kind of stuff. But it helps people to remember when they're doing the assessment. They get tripped up on that one. There's nothing wrong with having values and principles. They're just optional in Kanban guide. And so that, that should allow people to use values and principles. They discover some other Kanban approach might be more suitable for a pocket of the organization that they're interacting with. Full kitting, which is essentially lining up your ducks, not just in terms of understanding what's needed, get a common understanding of what's needed, but also double checking with the customer, the end user. I know you asked for this a few weeks ago, but what problem are you trying to solve? What are you really looking for here? But also potentially maybe looking at dependencies. A lot of work gets blocked in a system and it's it's pretty much predictable because maybe we started something before we end up our dependencies. If you've got what I call layer of cake teams where you don't really have these slice of cake teams where we can kind of deliver business value quite easily from, from one team. There's layer of cake teams tend to need to more need to integrate with all the teams to actually deliver deliver value, deliver a cake or deliver even a slice of cake. So when you've got a layer of cake teams, there tends to be dependencies. And so full kitting will probably include lining up your ducks from a dependency point of view as well. So we're really trying to make best efforts not to lack support for some other approaches. Product management is something that I'm very interested in. I've been getting much more interested in the last couple of years and Check out my podcast episode on the Exigity podcast with Marty Kagan. That'll be coming out real soon. And by the time you listen to this, it might even be published. Complexity, which is Kanban for complexity, is essentially Kanban with some kind of sprints. But it's a bit more sophisticated than that because it's heavily underpinned by the Kinevan sense-making framework. Discovery is mentioned quite a bit in Kanban guides. It's not just about delivery, also about discovery, objectives and key results. People are using projects. I know I'm a less practitioner myself, so from project to product. A lot of organizations are still very project-oriented, so it, it supports that as well. In the addendum, it's it's been specific about which scaling frameworks might be more suited. You did have multiple teams. Some people say you don't need any scaling for Nexus is mentioned. Less also mentioned, even though less is actually for Scrum. That's also mentioned. So we really are trying our best to not lack support for the various approaches out there. And so Kanban guide, it's a strategy for helping you to optimize the flow of value. And value can mean customer value, end user value, societal value, organizational value. It could even be knowledge value because learning is the first citizen with discovery if you're doing, if you've got discovery going on with your teams as well. So thank you very much for your engagement today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on another episode. Have a lovely rest of your day. Got a question for us? Leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash daily flow forward slash message and we'll feature it as well as provide you with an answer.